1: The best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman, alongside me today, as ever, Barry Wilkinson and Andrew McKenna. The England Bowl is sharing the wickets around today on another satisfying day of cricket. And despite West Indies eleven making a better fist of things second time around, uh, they still lost 11 wickets in the day. Chris Wokes, one of the standout performers, but will it be enough to get him in the test side?
2: You know, it's hard to force your way in, but when you get an opportunity like this this four-day game, you just try and put your hand up and, and do what you can do. And I feel like it's gone reasonably well for myself over the last four days, so I, I don't feel like I can do any more. And then, you know, selection, if it goes your way, happy days. If it doesn't, then you just keep working on. Once again, there were more England fans and locals, but that didn't stop Sam Elod
1: seeking out a couple of Barbados cricket fans to size up the West Indies' chances, in my point of view, the West Indies are comparatively good at home. So it's
3: about even Stevens for me. <laughs> Although, of course, I think the West Indies will be yeah.
1: Next stop, Kensington Oval. The Test match due to start with England big time favourites. This is following on. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app and stay up to date with all the news from England's tour of the Caribbean. for the fourth and final time following on podcast is broadcast from the outfield at the three W's Oval uh, a place that myself Andrew McKenna and Barry Wilkinson um, will look back on uh, with some amount of Perplexity, I think, because it was a, a bit of a weird old game at times, but uh, ended up with England the happier of the two sides. And we go towards that first test match in Barbados at the Kensington Oval uh, with England with a, a couple of questions about the makeup of their team. Maka and Barry alongside me. Uh, first up, uh, Macca, with uh, England uh, restricting uh, the West Indies President 11 to an end, end of place score of 233 for 11 still sounds wrong uh, all the bowlers had a workout uh, all the bowlers took wickets apart from Joe Denley towards the end uh, couldn't really have done much more couldn't really have asked so much more apart from perhaps um, more stiff opposition or a stiff competition
0: well I guess there's not a lot you can do you can only play the opposition that you've got and we saw two days ago when they took 19 actually you know for all the people saying wow well, it's weak opposition I actually' kind of applaud the England guys for maintaining their standards not letting up they bowled out a team nearly twice in a day that really doesn't happen very often so yes they might not have been the most difficult wickets to take at times and and some of the shots were really quite poor and lacked a certain mental fortitude but you've got to give the bowling group some credit in the fact that we praised the batsmen for going past 300 twice in two days, I think you've got to give the bowlers a lot of credit as well. They've gone past 10 wickets twice in two days. If you actually just put it down to brass tacks like that, they had four days of middle practice ahead of the first test. I don't think you could have... I can't see what more they could have done.
1: Barry alongside us as well. I suppose if you were to be... Um Positive. I mean, it was a better showing today than what we saw two days ago. I thought Singh actually applied himself throughout this uh, two warm-up games very well. Uh, he, he got scores on the board of uh, of sorts in all of his innings. So credit to him. Ambris surprised me today. I thought he batted very well indeed. Really good on the drive, quick on the cut. And much like Johnny Bairstow and Joe Root, um, when they fell short of a century, it was actually somewhat of a surprise when he got out. Uh, he just missed a straight one. Chris Wokes getting in LBW for 94. So some crumbs. and There, there were no crumbs on the on the table day two uh, of the first warm-up. But certainly today... There's a couple of players in there, uh, possibly drinking the banks, who will uh, look back and say, well, you know, at least, we, uh, at least we put up a show today.
4: Yeah, I mean, if I had to summarise the match, I think you would call it a glorified net, to be quite honest. But it was a game that when you look at the West Indies presence 11, they'll be disappointed with two things. And those two things are that the two main men that they picked to be in that test squad did not perform being Alzari Joseph and being John Campbell. That's what I think the West Indies selectors will be most uh, concerned about. Yes, Ambrose did well today, but he's always done well in these matches. And then when you give him the opportunity at the test level, he does not he flops. Um, So I don't know how the selectors will will be treating that aspect that he got in 94 today and and looked perfect. But again, when he gets into the the test side, he, he doesn't really do the same thing. So I think if the West Indies selectors are watching this, which they were, they would not be happy that John Campbell was given the opportunity twice. And did it perform? And also, still a bit of question marks about the full fitness of Alzari Joseph. O'Shane Thomas is covering for him in the uh, squad, and the mere fact that he only bowled in one innings and was pulled could mean one or two things. One, either the selectors are happy that he is uh, up to scratch, or two, they don't want to push him. So, there are some question marks there.
0: Barry, I was going to ask you about that because he didn't bowl in the second innings, Alzari Joseph, but they did send him out to bat. With this injury niggle over him, we wondered had he had a recurrence. But surely they don't send him out to bat if he's got that problem. So you have to assume he's fully fit and they just decided we don't really want to bowl again. And then John Campbell today doesn't bat. I can kind of see it in a way in the fact that Campbell actually took more wickets in the first match than he scored runs. And he got three wickets, so that's not great. Was there really any point in naming them in this squad if you weren't going to let them have a full crack at England and and do their full job both times.
4: No, I agree. I, I thought that they actually played in this game to get all the preparation that they would have needed to play on Wednesday. So I'm really surprised, particularly with John Campbell. I thought, look, great opportunity. He was going to bat four times here for me if he's going to be playing on that game on Wednesday and get some practice in. But they shielded him after failing. You don't do that, so I'm, I'm just a bit mystified as to why they would have done that. Um, I, I'm still, I, I don't understand the theory behind playing Joseph, bowling him once, and then letting him bat. Uh, Is either that you, you you put him up under lock and key, or you're going to let him expose himself? And they didn't do that, so I, I, you know, I want to say to the West Indies selectors, let's just be a bit more guarded about what messages we are sending to the players and also to the fans who are going to try and get some confidence from what they saw here today to take into Wednesday's match. Uh, we did see a few changes from the first uh, warm-up,
1: and uh, Ada Rashid scored runs, took wickets. Uh, Josh Butler didn't uh, get any runs, but Chris Wokes, who played across both matches, um, performed well, both with bat and ball. And he spoke with uh, Maka uh, shortly after the closer play here in
2: Barbados. Chris, a threefer. Happy with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, really pleased with, with the run-out, actually. Um, it was nice to, to, to spend some time out in the middle. I think having you know had a little bit of a break, you come back and you, you have a bit of net practice. Um, it's never quite the same as being out in the middle. So um, to get that run out over the last last four days has been you know, really beneficial. There's been some questions asked about with the amount of wickets that have fallen both days
0: that England have bowled. Did you learn anything from it? Is it beneficial? Well, you're a bowler. You're
2: the ones plugging away. You tell me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in particular from. Getting used to conditions, obviously getting time in the legs. Um, I thought we've actually performed well over the last four days as a team, and you know, particularly as a bowling unit, bowling teams out more than more than once in a day is never easy to do on any any surface against any team. Um, you know, they've got some Test players playing in, the, in that team that have played test, played test cricket before, so you know, there's, there's scalps to get, and I thought we've we've bowled well over the last um, the last four days. Obviously, we bowled in two days, but when we have bowled, I thought we've bowled well as a team, and everyone's got something out of it. So four days of middle practice—that was all you were ever going to get ahead of the first test. Are you where you need to be after those four days? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I suppose you can always question whether you want more practice, but at the same time, I think over the last four days, someone, well, everyone's got something that they need. Um, you know, I always think it's better getting a run out in the middle than it is, you know, just hitting balls in the nets or, or bowling in the nets. So. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a few few guys maybe that want a bit more time in the middle, but I suppose that would be the case if you had you know three more one more games. You know, not everyone's going to get runs, and not everyone's going to get wickets. So um, yeah, I think we're in a good place, and I think you know we've still got a good three days practice before the start of the test match. So um, yeah, I'm sure everyone will be ready come next week. On your own chances of playing
0: in the first test, obviously not used during the Sri Lanka series. As a seamer in the West Indies, do you feel you've got a better chance and how do you rate your chances?
2: Yeah, I think a little bit more hopeful than Sri Lanka. Um, I suppose it got to a stage in Sri Lanka where you kind of knew wasn't really going to get a game, especially with the team winning. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, it's a different ball here. It's a, it's a Duke's ball and it seems to have moved around a little bit more for us seamers. So, um, you know, hopefully that makes my chances a little bit higher of playing, but competition for places are, are high. You know, the team's playing well, coming off a 3-0 series win. So, you know, it's hard to force your way in, but... When you get an opportunity like this, this four-day game, you just try and put your hand up and and do what you can do. And I feel like it's gone reasonably well for myself over the last four days. So I I don't feel I can do any more. And then you know, selection. If it goes your way, happy days. If it doesn't, then you just keep working hard. I guess it's an awkward position for you. You're probably in the most congested area, if you like, of of this
0: England squad at the moment. So many all-rounders, bit of seam or maybe spin option. It's a
2: tricky one yeah it is I think I suppose it's dependent on on the conditions we'll obviously get to the Kensington Oval and see what the pitch is, looks like um, you know, hopefully from a seamist point of view there's a bit of grass on it but who knows what we're going to get so I suppose you turn up there with an open mind see what happens and then like I said regarding practice try and, try and work hard and just remind the captain and the coach that I'm still around. Chris Wokes speaking to Andrew McKenna. Barry, what does it say about England's,
1: you know, depth of talent? When a man who's just taken three for thirty odd took a wicket in the first warm up, once out in two innings for seventy two, he he probably won't even play in this Test series um, unless there's a, an injury or you know sort of a dramatic loss of form. You know, England may have some fragility um, and inexperience at the top of the order, but what West Indies, and dare I say, any side in world cricket would do for... The, uh, the range of all-round attacking um, batsmen and bowlers and wicketkeepers uh, all-rounders that England have within their setup. I mean, Wokes would certainly get
4: into the West Indies side, wouldn't he? Oh, he would walk into the side. I mean, look, there's no secret about it. There's no hiding it. England are a well-oiled and well-drilled machine. I think that tour to Sri Lanka not only would have spurred their confidence coming here to the Caribbean, uh, but it also showed the depth to the rest of the world that England cricket is indeed right now pretty solid and pretty strong. What it means though as well is that they're going to have to come here and prove that. I mean, this was just a practice match, don't read too much into it. When we've seen England even at their best, they have flopped in the Caribbean and they haven't won at times. I mean, they haven't, I think last one, the last one was 2004 when Brian Lauer would have made that world record. So you know, they're, they're well prepared, but they still have to come and show that they can do what they say they can when Wednesday comes. That's going to be the real test. Conditions are going to mean a lot. I thought this pitch here would have suited uh, a lot of the batsmen. It wasn't a, very, a fast deck at all. Perhaps if Ken is, is a faster deck, uh, Roach and uh, Gabriel uh, might be able to extract something out of that. We'll see. But um, there's no secret about the depth of England cricket. When you've got someone like him who can't even get in the final 11, uh, it tells you that uh, if anyone fails, it's fail and you're gone. Uh, keep square and keep taking wickets and you'll be winning for England. So they're in a good position right now.
1: They are in a good position. But as we heard yesterday, uh, Sam Elard, who's out and about chatting to uh, uh, the fans of, of both uh, teams, there's plenty of confidence still on those grassy banks of the West Indian fans. Uh, Sam's been out again uh, and he's caught up with uh, a couple of uh, West Indian fans. Day four is a popular day,
5: busy, busy, busy today. And I'm with David Harris, a big, big West Indian fan. He loves his cricket. He's been telling me. And David, firstly, there's expected to be around 10,000 England fans arriving in Barbados over the weekend. That first test match at the Kensington Oval is going to be pretty special, isn't it? Since
3: 1994, there have been a, since 1994, there have been a massive convergence of English supporters for uh, England versus Test match here at Keston Oval. Mm. Of course, they injects a much-needed foreign exchange into the economy yeah. of Barbados, so it's a welcome mm. sight. Yeah,
5: and just how does it compare when England come to the West Indies compared to to other Test nations? Is there a bit more of a hype? Is it always a bit more busy?
3: It's Actually the big, biggest test series in the West Indies and certainly the Barbados and Antiguan test due to the fact of the influx of English visitors are a big thing.
5: Yeah, and um, I've been speaking to quite a few locals here in Barbados and not many of them are, are confident that this West Indies team can be England. What do you think?
3: Well, England really have a torrid time in the West Indies. Um, England have only won three Test Series in the yes. U.S. Indies and the last England captain to have won a match, a Test Series in the Caribbean, Michael Vaughan, in 2004. Yes. The last occasion England player here in series, drew one all yes. there, led in Antigua and got defeated in here, right here. At Castle over Barbados. So, in my point of view, the Westernies are comparatively good at home, so it's about even Stevens to me, right. although of course I think the to will be right. Yeah.
5: And for the England fans listening to this, coming out to the Caribbean, Barbados for the next week or so, what sort of stuff should the England fans get up to? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, there are plenty of restaurants, nightclubs on the south coast, lovely beaches, and charming people come on down have yeah. a visit yeah series Enjoy prediction yourself. series prediction please um one love in the West in east
1: thanks to Sam uh, he will return tomorrow no doubt so guys we've got a couple of days off uh, Mac well if only we had a guy a local guy who'd spent his life here who could just give us a few pointers about what we should be you know looking to get up to can you, can you think of anyone do you know what no one springs to mind oh hang on a minute there's a man next to us who's <laughs>
0: <as> a local <laughs> We've got two. In fact, actually, it is important to note it. Uh, if you are in the uh, Caribbean at the moment, listening to the podcast as a fan, if you don't know, Monday is a bank holiday in Barbados, public holiday. So it's a three-day weekend. Barry Wilkinson, what do we need to be doing?
4: Oysters tonight, every person who's from England will be there having a bank, enjoying themselves, eating fish. is going to be a terrific lime, as we call it. Uh, then you've got a massive day of horse racing. I know you guys are not into horse racing, but there's a big day of horse racing on Monday. It's Errol Bauer Day. Errol Bauer is the founder of Independence for Barbados. So it's, a, it's a very um, meaningful kind of bank holiday. And there's a big horse racing calendar on. The English fans love to go to horse racing, so you can bet your life that all of them will be there, betting, uh, looking at the horses and having fun. Uh, Saturday, jet skis at Carlisle Bay or the Boatyard. Who doesn't want to do that? That's where Rihanna lives, and Simon Cowell, uh, who was just who just left the island, they live on the the boatyard when they are here on holiday. So that would be my recipe for a terrific weekend when you go off.
1: I think we might uh, come back to this for tomorrow's podcast. Uh, no surprise that uh, the weekend that nine thousand English visitors arrive, uh, exit stage left is Simon Cowell. I, I know. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd hang around if I didn't like cricket. That's all we have for you today. Tomorrow's podcast will come live from well, whatever beach takes my fancy probably the nearest one to my hotel you're here from trevor bayless england coach and with 9,000 english fans expected to arrive by wednesday we'll find out a little bit more about what they're going to be getting up to this has been following on to never miss an episode be sure to subscribe either on apple podcasts or your favorite podcast app see you tomorrow